0: gas money for that what are you talking about i don't got money for anything please support this podcast i'm starving <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by general iros tea <laughs> the jasmine dragon you know i love ginseng tea
1: that or it's the white jade bush which <laughs> we
0: should st- we should start a tea shop called the white jade bush.
1: <laughs> i love i love in the scene too when they're like <laughs> when they're talking he's like when he finds the berries, he's but like, Look, known to counteract the poison of the white jade. He's like, That or they're berries which cause blindness. <laughs> He's laughing so hard. And Zuko's just like, we can't take any more of these chances. And they're trying to decide, do we go to the Earth Kingdom or give ourselves up to Azula? And he's like,
0: the Earth, the Earth Tribe will most definitely kill kill us. yeah. Or we will have to face Azula.
1: Azula. And they're just like, Earth Kingdom and Is. I love it. And
0: it was like only a couple episodes (laughs) into when they had introduced her to. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. A good way to just like subtly impose how threatening she is. Yeah,
1: no, I think that's one thing that this showed us. Well, anyway, we we can get to that part here. Yeah. We want to. So Avatar, the last airbender, if no one's ever heard of the title. What are you My
0: problem is I put it off too much. I was I was a dumb kid. I didn't (laughs) watch it. I watched it very passively yeah and I, I like i knew it was good but this was like p- before streaming i'm old this <laughs> you're
1: okay you're old
0: yeah so i didn't have this on a netflix or anything i had to catch it on cable programming yeah in order so i just i ve- i didn't have that much energy to put into it well, i just kind of watched it when it was on
1: that's true too like i i'll I have to admit like even i like i remember watching it on tv sporadically when it was on it was always on it like i could never find it especially in the early seasons
0: was never on consistent yeah i could like, never they would always find... just like put it on a weird hour
1: yeah so. and this was the mid 2000s so like you know like i said streaming still wasn't like this this seems like a show that was meant for streaming like it like if netflix or hulu prime whatever else we got existed back then i think this would have even had more of a following yeah than it does but i think it's, it's, it
0: definitely has a cultish level yeah of following um, i still point. think
1: it's a testament though to its ability for the fact that so many people enjoy it and like it given the fact of how because even when I watched it, I actually in order to watch it succinctly think from chronologically from beginning to end, I actually had to watch it through the DVD releases and the only season yeah. I caught air aired properly was season three and that took a while too to air so yeah there was a there there was definitely a weird air um, premiere schedule for this it was really tough to find when the new ones were coming out or so i think that had something to do with it but still stay
0: up on it yeah that was a different age man it really was yep (laughs) you're we're we're living in in, under a line in the sand here between what was and what is yes
1: but i still i will i will you mentioned dine on the hill about generations. Yeah. I will die on the hill that Airbender is one of the greatest animated shows of all time. I would even say one of the greatest shows of all time. I was going to
0: say if not even just animated cuz I I watched through it recently with its Netflix release and I I know I've known it's been one of your all-time favorites yes. and I was I I knew I was kind of trying to lower my expectations cuz I didn't want to <laughs> screw myself up by think putting it up on a pulpit and I'm glad that I didn't cuz I I kind of I I let it come at the right Proper time with the the online release, and I have to say, it is genuinely one of my all time favorites. It put me in such a good, optimistic mood, and
1: yeah, no, it's definitely. I think when you were saying with the Netflix thing, the thing that made me want to do an episode even more on it was that I guess Netflix started that whole top Mm ten. These are the top ten watched, and it's I thought they do that, yeah, and it's it 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 holds the record now for being in the top ten for the most consecutive days at fifty eight or sixty days since they. Started it. And that, to me, you know, I think that's pretty impressive for a show from, oh gosh how
0: many years ago almost 15, 15 years 16 ago. years
1: ago that was that aired on Nickelodeon and was quote-unquote designed for kids yes quote-unquote designed for kids which I will say
0: yeah it, it definitely has its is and isn't isn't yeah it's 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 for it's, it's for
1: everyone I don't think you have to be in the
0: same yeah. way that the original trilogy of Star Wars yes yeah,
1: exactly <laughs> yes it hits that sweet spot the general audience
0: but being a general audience piece
1: yeah yeah and that's definitely something like it, that, I've always enjoyed. And for the just to give it a little quick, you know, it's Avatar: Last Airbender is basically takes place in a world where you know you have select group of individuals that can control the natural elements—air, water, earth, and fire—and then the Avatar is the one who can can control all of them. One thing that I always thought was interesting about this show was when I watched it back in the day when it was first on. I I always thought, well, it has it must have a following or at least of enough because they they keep making them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I d- didn't think. It had the mainstream that SpongeBob did at the time. I'm trying to think of something else that was on or Fairly Odd Parents.
0: It had the esteem of SpongeBob, but the problem, I think that the problem at the time was SpongeBob was a very passive watch show, whereas this, you needed yeah. to be mentally present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you had to. It was a show to watch episode to episode. SpongeBob, you can jump in anytime. Yeah,
1: true. That's a good point. Yeah, this this is definitely uh, a serial compared to the episodic nature of SpongeBob. I
0: found it very interesting how this came off the heels of Samurai Jack. Okay. It felt, it felt very much, in a lot of ways, especially after I found out that Iroh is voiced by the same mm-hmm. gentleman who played Aku. I was like, okay, there's definitely connective tissue. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's also the connection between Avatar and Samurai Jack is not dissimilar from the connection between... Batman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond. It's kind of a Blade Runner-type futurism separation between each of them
1: yeah no i think uh, that's interesting you bring all those those up because i think growing up we've been i don't know i think we've lived through at least in our childhood too was definitely a renaissance in the golden age of of animation not just on the screen the the big screen but in television as well
0: yeah and that's not to discount what's being done now
1: yeah oh no that's definitely not to discount but i think the our childhood those shows have elevated animation i think to a more mainstream taken serious level i i, I I think. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I still I still think there is that where it's like, oh, it's animated. It's, oh, it's for children. It's like, really? Just because it's animated?
0: Since then, there's been a bunch of different types of styles that have emerged. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the CG style has kind of taken yeah the, the biggest crown of that. But then you also have things like Secret World of Gumball that have come out and are this crazy mix of digital animation and 2D stylings in yeah. a way I've never seen before. Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of crazy new stuff coming out, which is interesting.
1: Yeah. No, it's. It's always been, I think this definitely, given you said, mentioned the Batman series, you mentioned Samurai Jack. Yeah. The other Nickelodeon animated shows, all the animated, you know, Disney movies that I saw growing up, some of my favorite stories, visual stories, are, are animated.
0: Yeah. Well, I found it interesting how the creators of this have gone on to do some other very interesting stuff. Dave Filoni is now one of the big powers over at Lucasfilm, and he spearheaded a show called Rebels for them. Mm-hmm. He, before Disney got their hands on Star Wars, was doing a show with George Lucas about the Clone Wars, which was kind of looked at as the future of what Star Wars would become. And then Giancarlo Volpe, who was uh, another one of the controlling powers on Avatar, has moved over to Netflix. He's doing a show called The Dragon Prince, yeah. which I've just started. It's also very, very good. So th- these guys are not done yet. They've got a lot of creative juice. There.
1: there was also, I think, a lot of them on Netflix. You mentioned Netflix, too. I think a lot of same team from this, or at least some people, re- re-helped with the uh, Voltron. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. Uh,
1: revitalization, which... I, another good show that I highly recommend if no one's seen it if, if you're definitely I, w- I would say this is definitely Avatar if if this would be a show if you're someone that's like oh it's animation I don't I don't. yeah oh no thank you I would be like okay give this give this a chance because
0: if there's one to give a chance it will open other doors for you yeah for
1: sure yeah and I was always shocked at how popular it was compared to what I thought this show really was and across different age groups I, I thought maybe okay this is a cult thing I felt somewhat special special in that i was like oh yeah part of a cult which you should
0: (laughs) it's a special thing when you find that thing that you and it feels unique and new and nobody else is really talking about it or knows about it you want you feel you're that person that can bring this great thing to all these people who don't yet know about it and that's that is honestly genuinely a very special
1: yeah and what i always felt, what i always thought was interesting was (laughs) have you used tinder or bumble before have you gone through that i have okay
0: (laughs) i have unfortunately
1: not, not to go <laughs> not to go on a tangent but it was always funny for me like when when i would go if i if i would get a date somehow the people i was going on dates with avatar the last airbender would come up as a topic. find a
0: quote or something yeah, and be like, Wait like a minute.
1: someone would ask me or i would ask them have you ever seen this oh yeah oh shit maybe this thing is more popular than i even realized yeah so it, it tells me that this does appeal to a very
0: broad base. yes
1: to a very broad base of people i even think you know one of the things i think is interesting mark hamill who did one of the voices for ozai the fire Lord.
0: I think that's one of the greatest casting reversals in history, inclu- even including his performances. as the Joker. Oh, yeah. Like, like,
1: this, like, this doesn't negate it. Uh, also, too, I didn't even realize that it was him doing the voice.
0: Not until the third season and not until his third or fourth appearance in the third season. I'm like, wait a minute. I know I knew that voice.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize that that was him. And that was the thing. I didn't even realize finding out that that was him doing the Fire Lord then sent me down the, the wormhole. Like, what else has he done? And I was like, wait, he did the Joker? I never realized that until this show. I did not know he was the voice of the Joker in the Batman animated series for so long.
0: So good. I loved how when they were making the series he was not very and, and the creators of the show for Batman were not super hyper vocal about it they did not really blow it up they let it kind of just unfold naturally yeah. in pop culture and I love that because the rever- watching Luke Skywalker or listening to Luke Skywalker that is play this complete role reversal mm-hmm. of what Luke Skywalker is yeah. and do it so well in both instances both of Ozai and him and the Joker it's, it's so so fascinating to watch him just change like that yeah, yeah like a, and- a total chameleon. Yeah, and I think you know
1: during an interview he did regarding his roles in voice acting when they mentioned Avatar, he recounted how when he saw the script, he was like, "Oh, this is never going to last because he was like it's it's too smart, it's too intellectual." That's you know and, Yeah,
0: I remember hearing that. Yeah,
1: and he was like but it but it did. He said it was largely due to to the writing of of the story, or the fact that I think everyone could watch it. It wasn't just anyone everyone could get something out of it. Like yeah. you said that that appeal of Star Wars, which I think is interesting. considering they have an original star wars actor in the show as well
0: which for the caliber of just a nickelodeon show that's pretty darn impressive yeah that they could land him long because he is in all three seasons
1: and that's <laughs> what i really enjoy about it is some of the behind the scenes stuff how how they came up with the world i really enjoy the world building of fantasy or science fiction shows that's one thing that i really enjoy
0: definitely some of my favorite things are the crazy expansive built worlds that slowly unfold to you yeah and Lord of the Rings, this yeah, definitely, Avatar yes. Um, Star Wars are all great examples of hyper intense world building. I feel it just doesn't, it doesn't ever fail to impress. Harry Potter is also another great example.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they even, the creators, DiMartino and Konitsko, have mentioned they were influenced by high fantasy like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But they wanted to take that genre in a different direction there. You know, they had a real love of anime, Eastern philosophies, martial arts. So I, I really liked how they had that sort of merger there.
0: Well, it's also pretty clear too. They took the philosophies of of airbending and kind of applied it with different martial arts styles. Like I know Tai Chi was very well thought mm-hmm. of. Uh, different versions of Kung Fu were tied into firebending. Yeah. Just it was all very, very well thought out with some real world elements to ground this thing and make it feel yeah, no, very th- real, very natural. And that's that uh, that's that attention to detail. You
1: could, You didn't have to obviously use real martial art forms, especially in the animation.
0: Well, they also too, from what I understand, they actually would, in their writing sessions, record performances from not just some of the voice actors, but also various people on the creative staff to kind of just block out mm-hmm. different scenes, kind of show how things would unfold visually. And then they would send that stuff off to the animating teams. Yeah were scattered all to the four winds and they would communicate over long distances to using just DV cam footage that they would shoot in writing sessions and in table reads and stuff. Yeah, And I, I, f- I found that fascinating from a performance aspect for an animated show to function like a live action narrative. was a, That's pretty narratively groundbreaking to stuff. Yeah, that? yeah, yeah.
1: The amount of, of passion, I think. You know, when, when you see something that definitely has passion in it, it, it shows. Yeah. And I think this does as well, especially considering where it started. I always liked hearing that the series itself was, You know, they came up with the idea around 2001. Kanetsko, one of the creators, simply was – supposedly, he he took an old sketch – of a balding middle-aged man and then thought of him as a child. And he yeah. drew the character herding bison in the sky and then he showed the sketch to Di Martino, who was watching a documentary about explorers trapped at the South Pole.
0: Oh my gosh. And then
1: Knitsko described the early, the, the concept that they pitched there's you now almost pitched, I guess. I don't know if this would have been the actual pitch. I'm quoting here. There, there's an air guy along with these water people trapped in a snowy wasteland and maybe some fire people are pressing down on them. And then weeks later, that's, you know, what they ended up pitching to Nickelodeon. And that just little story of how thinking of one idea, watching something on TV for me goes so well with the creative process. You never know what little thing is gonna stimulate the you know the creative juices there, get it going.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's just a situation like that. It's the all the elements just kind of fall into place like that all at once. No,
1: yeah, definitely, absolutely. That's
0: it's also why I think it's important to just kind of be definitely take notes, but be as aware of what's around you as you can, because sometimes the answers are all right there, mm-hmm. and you faster than you can possibly write them down. They're in front of you and i've i've definitely had situations where i've been frantically trying to, like in memento trying to search for a pen i'm like i gotta write this down or i'm gonna forget it yeah 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 and yeah it's it's i i, I love and hate when i get in that situation because i'm terrified i'm gonna forget something but it's, it's a magical little situation to be in yeah.
1: no but coming up with stories is not it's not easy
0: no it isn't
1: <laughs> but it's like you don't need i think there's just hearing that story of how they created the idea just shows me you don't need to have i mean obviously you can't sometimes have everything in place essentially to when you're trying to build a fantasy. World world piece by piece. But you just need that initial start that drives you and and gets you going and that you're passionate about.
0: But you have to be ready for it when it does. Yeah. Because you may (laughs) sit there for God knows how long waiting for an answer to present itself.
1: And one thing that's really cool about the show that if you're doing as a world building lesson, I I know that as someone who really likes world building, you can tend to get lost in it and you forget about the story and you kind of end up with what's called world builder's disease where you just all you're doing is just world building now. Yeah. And I think that comes a lot from I think that's one of the downsides of like Lord of the Rings it, not, not in not in this thing itself but the legacy it's left behind Tolkien created such a thoroughly fleshed out world that someone anyone who wants to try fantasy we, we kind of use that as as the measuring tool well am I am I good enough to be put up to this so yeah. we think you know for me I'm like I always think man I gotta I gotta get languages I gotta get all these histories and genealogies in uh before I can even think about the story and I, that tends to not be the true thing it's like what what this show does and what I think makes it a much more easier is Lord of the Rings was like the exception in the sense of what it was doing. Mm-hmm. But this, in terms of a world building lesson, pick a few things and do them really well. Yeah. If you look at the world of Avatar Last Airbender, it's like an Asiatic world and each each uh, bending discipline, you know, is based off of a different little bit of cultures like East Asian, South Asian, Inuit cultures in there. The Inuit, I think, is like the water tribe has a yeah. more Inuit base.
0: Fire Nation's very predominant Japanese. Yeah.
1: And I think it just, it shows that they, they based it on the four, you know, elements of air, water, earth, and fire, and the benders. And everything, if you go through the show, builds and bases itself around that, you know, it's it's all there. There's not, at least in the beginning, they're not too worried about what's the the delicacy of, you know, this certain culture as opposed to this one, at least not right away. But as the world gets bigger and as the episodes go on, that actually does start to show up, but it comes out naturally because you're focused on on the different martial arts the bending yeah. styles of each different nation rather than worrying about it all at once because I think there is the episode where uh, they they mentioned fireflakes um, it's almost I like, love it yeah so that's you know it's something that you could tell I think I think that came down the road or was something that oh we need Sokka to be eating something here that's fire Nation
0: that also brings up a good point too Th- this show has such a phenomenally structured system of humor that flows yeah. so naturally out of the situation and it never takes away from the drama and vice versa the drama never robs from the humor they there's perfect balance between the two in my opinion in this show
1: it's letting that the show itself the story grow in the telling i think yeah for for making a world you can definitely go the talking route and build the world first and then tell the story and even
0: when they have a joke at the expense of a character it's never completely one-sided it's not always directed at one character yeah. they, they take pot shots at every one of them and show mm-hmm. it, in an in an attempt to show that each one of these characters does have flaws yeah yeah which yeah. i think is great and
1: it doesn't and the humor's not there it doesn't feel out of place i think it definitely comes from the characters and feels organic to the story like it feels like something that they would do yeah a lot
0: a lot of the way that the show is written is is grown from character i would argue yeah no definitely they know who and what each one of these people are and how to effectively clash different sentiments yeah and so many episodes are born from that strife not just simply out of the fire nation and what they're doing it's there's a lot of interpersonal conflict going on Mm -hmm. which i think is very very intelligently done
1: i think from a writing standpoint if you're looking at creating a world, this is definitely one that I think you'll, you'll hear mentioned a lot for that reason. Yeah. What did you, I I forgot to finish as someone who's, you know, saw it later on. Give me, give me like your, what, what What did you think? Does it, does it definitely deserve the hype or maybe the nostalgia that people talk about it with?
0: Oh, absolutely. I I a hundred percent think that it deserves all the acclaim in the world. And you were actually with me. I, I watched this sh- off of Netflix and immediately went and bought the That's <laughs> very true. Yes, expensive you did. <laughs> collector set of the series. Cause I have a steel book problem. Yeah. I, I, this is a show I'm going to, I plan to watch for years to come and expose as many people as possible to because my personal personal take is it does the balance of wholesome and darkness perfectly no
1: no pun intended with the balance <laughs> yes
0: uh, <laughs> yeah I, I think that it, it it balances a wholesome nature while not shying, shying away from darkness that's in the world in the utmost perfect way and I think that this show is very much needed because there are so many other shows that deal in just how terrible and horrible the world is and there's nothing you can do about it uh, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and this show is so far afield from that I can't even begin to describe it. Yeah, <laughs> like no, this it,
1: is definitely the opposite end.
0: It is a it is a pacifist narrative at its absolute best.
1: And it and what's interesting is it doesn't as a pacifist narrative, it doesn't shy away from the horrible things, you know? Yeah, it doesn't lie to you either, yeah. which a
0: lot of shows of its kind will do. They'll say, Oh, the what's not that bad. And I'm like, Okay, the world sucks. Yeah, like, no, it, like <laughs> I
1: said, we as we mentioned it's a vastly different show for Nickelodeon, especially at the time. And I still think even now, I haven't f- watched Nickelodeon as much as I did back in the day. Yeah. But, you know, you're, you're pitching this show to a, a network that's mostly, you know, geared towards children.
0: I mean, it's how do you. It doesn't play down to kids. Yeah, either, no, it which doesn't. It's another at thing all. that I. I I can I can usually have a distaste for in kids programming is I just feel like the kids are being lied to mm-hmm. about what the world is and it's this doesn't really do that it shows that people can be deceiving it shows that people can have al- not even they can be not deceiving and just have ulterior motives and be trying to do things to get you to act or do things a certain way but it shows that there's a thousand different angles for that those kinds of things and you don't always have to deal with them by bullheading straight through it and fighting it yeah Aang's demeanor is so inspiring because he never. T- Ta- even when he does take a negative attitude, his friends are there, and it's so rare. But his friends are there to help him th- deal with those emotions, and he realizes that's not what and who he is about. Yeah, and it's so it's so rare that it even does happen. But when it does, he never falls further than into the arms of his his five man band. Yeah, that's no, I was gonna say
1: we me- no, yeah, we and we mentioned this during the five man band one. How I mean, this essentially uses that that trope and uses it to great extents. And I think you're right because uh, I w- I've always seen in terms of like, Aang as as the per- protagonist and the leader of the group, he, I would say he falls under the the static protagonist. He's he's pretty much, for the most part, he doesn't have a huge dynamic change from the beginning to the end. Obviously, he's different. I mean, how could you not be different going through the journey of the story? I think every character in some way grows and changes for better or worse regardless. Yeah. But I think you want to look at the bigger. is Are they dynamic in the sense that they are completely a 180 from who they were in the beginning? Or are they still more or less that same overall person? And I think you just hit it. Right on the, the nail on the head there before when I would say he is static, he's mostly still that same character we met in the beginning, although a little bit more grown, not quite a child as much anymore. Yeah. Rather than having that dynamic change, he is constantly a static character. They're constantly pulled to wanna to be tested. There's always something that's gonna want to see them tested. And I think that works really well in this show for how you can how you can have a main character who doesn't really have that that major arc that, you know, they always say that, you know, you need oh you gotta have a character character who, who arcs. And credit, we're dealing with a TV show here, so it's a longer narrative than a movie. But where's I going there? See, I lost my train of thought. See, this is what happens, kids. You get old.
0: And things just start disappearing in your mind. Before you know
1: it, you find yourself on a a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, talking to your friend because you have no money. He comes up with this idea for a podcast. Let's try it. And you just humor him because you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then it makes you realize just how sad. Your life is. And then
0: you have a three minute spiral out <laughs> for all the world to hear because I'm not editing this out. Um. <laughs> what, what, what was I going to say? <laughs> well, no, a- a- Aang is a static character, I Aang's think. a static
1: character. You know, it works because the episodes are there to test and challenge him. And in the sense, it's, it's rather than him having the dynamic change, it's essentially the world that he's in and the characters he's around that go through greater changes. Yeah. I think that is evident through Zuko's character. He's the more dynamic one, but it's through his interaction and his pursuit of Aang that he goes through the much he goes through the bigger arc of change that you would see in, in a more dynamic uh, protagonist um, in the show. I
0: think in looking at them all as a group, the smartest thing about the way that they structure the group is everybody brings something to the table. Mm-hmm. And no, no one of them... Is ever one hundred percent right? one hundred percent of the time.
1: No, and that, and that's and that's right in with the with the whole five man band approach. I mean, definitely, it it does this well to to a T.
0: A lot of shows that I've watched try and have one or two characters virtue signal to the rest of the group, and they're never wrong. They're always right, mm-hmm. and I yeah. can't I can't de- I can't wrap my head around a character like that. They have to be wrong some of the time. Yeah, and it's tough. I mean,
1: I think it all depends on like you know. Again, it all comes back to what story are we telling? And I would definitely say if you're doing the longer narrative, this idea of having where everyone brings something to the ta- to the table, I think is is a better way to go if you're gonna, you know, because yeah. one, it gives you more to pull from, more stories to pull out of. But well,
0: even Sokka, Sokka who they have a lot they have a lot of fun at Sokka's expense because he is a bit of a goofball. He does make a lot of mistakes. He is.
1: He de- not definitely perfect. has that misogynistic approach when he's in the beginning. Yeah, in the beginning. In the beginning.
0: But there's also times where that is a huge asset to the group because Katara and Aang can be a little bit more More timid. In dealing with things revolving around the Fire Nation, and Sokka realizes how big of a threat that they are, Mm -hmm. more than the rest of the group, and so his bullheaded attitude tends to come in handy quite a bit when they least expect it to. Well, yeah, and and
1: he's and as in the if going back to the Five Men Band, he occupies the the brain part of the group. I mean, he's the one who's inventing or coming up with ideas. It's I mean, they pretty much state it in one of the episodes, one of my favorite episodes, uh, season two, uh, the drill. Oh yeah, yeah. Essentially, spoilers spoilers for everyone
0: i think it's fair to say this episode is entirely this whole spoilers. show is
1: spoilers i guess yeah but yeah when when the fire nation is trying to break into bossing say and they're not sure how to stop the the drill that they've created they literally the whole group turns to Sokka and they're like what he's like we you have any ideas he's like are you really and i think Katara maybe says it she's like well you are the idea guy and he's like that's a lot of pressure
0: okay <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, I, they had so many things. They say what you, you, as an audience member, are thinking, and so many of this like cheeky little scenes, and I love mm-hmm.
1: it. But yeah, that goes back to what you were saying just a little bit before that. In another version, you know, it would have been Ang who has to come up with the yeah. They would re- they would, it would rely seemingly on rely yeah. on him
0: in that regard, but it's he's not the idea man. He's the spiritual center of the
1: group. Yeah, and that's what's interesting is like it, I think that creates the conflict for him, and again that that testing of because because he is the avatar, everyone expects him to always have the answers, but he doesn't you know he doesn't always have it um and i think
0: that he's a a young kid
1: still yeah he doesn't know everything and i think that right away plays into the ongoing conflict of the show um and how it you know it, it like i said it doesn't this doesn't necessarily spoon feed the audience some of the topics it you know hints at and mentions you know it definitely explores things like you know genocide war fascism you know, social systems. I mean, every, every episode you look at it, I would think is exploring some sort of different theme aspect of society. Yeah. So it's, it, it, I've always said it's definitely a great blend for the audience, no matter how old you are. And like you said, like n- not shying away from anything. I think that had something definitely. I've always thought one of the stain powers is because it has that similar approach that Mister Rogers did. It always made me think of that. I don't know why, but you know, it was <laughs> it was just his his way of saying we're not gonna we're gonna take these complex and tough topics. You know, he was famous for that, for taking things and explaining it to children, you know, uh, having them understand, you know, what these things are rather than I think how you mentioned it. Some shows that just like
0: talk down to kids. Yeah, talk down. Like he was
1: not in favor of that. And I think that's
0: something that this show should always treat a children's audience like they are just little adults. Expect that they can understand things, but don't don't try and blind the world from yeah because that's a that in in my opinion a failing endeavor you can't lie to kids and i think
1: that's what the show um a a spiritual successor in that thematic stance or that 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 creed is definitely pushing forward with um which i've always found interesting just just a little you know just a little thing i'm old leave me alone you know (laughs) i'm I'm depressed leave me alone (laughs) leave me alone people um but anyway uh so, what was your uh, going through since you just saw this series full time? I understand you got your parents now watching it too.
0: I do. They they're loving it, which is shocking me. But it's I'm um, I'm just happy. Like I said, I, I want to spread it. To as many people because I got such a good experience watching it. It is. It, I want as many people to watch it as can watch. Yeah,
1: it, it really is. I and it's and it's not a hard watch too. Like you know, the episodes aren't overly long. They yeah, this is something I think definitely if if you're looking for something to binge, this is an easy show, an enjoyable yeah. show to binge. It, it inv-
0: I got through it in about a week and a half. Yeah. Not not too terrible. Yeah.
1: No. Um. But yeah. I, I mean. Uh, yes. Anyway, what uh, I was going to ask, what um for you, what was your if you had to pick. Give me your top five episodes, or top three, or just a couple of your top episodes. I,
0: de- I definitely like the finale. The yeah, f- I I think the finale encompasses so many elements of the show mm-hmm. as a whole. I was I was very floored with how it all tied together. Um, but uh, the, the the I think it's the third episode of the series where they go to the air temple yeah. I, I think that that's one of the best episodes of the series because it's where Aang is full frontal confronted with the fact that the world is not the world he's, he left a hundred years ago yeah
1: and which for him was almost you know a several days a, a nap the, yeah, yeah, like, yeah like a nap away
0: yeah and he's, he's confronted with this harsh reality that the world is very different than what he left and he has he's confronted with the loss of most of the people who were closest to him and I think you see some of the most deep seated emotions out of Him in that episode alone. Yeah. So, and it it fascinated me because it was so early on in the show that they dealt with a lot of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They weren't.
0: Which I. A lesser show would have kept that in the back pocket for a later date. Or, yeah, or
1: points. never even used it uh, to begin with.
0: Yeah, uh, a lot of shows will keep things like that as a will-they-won't-they-not-deal-with-it mm-hmm. type of thing as long as possible just to keep people watching. But it, 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 everything is dealt with so naturally and unfolds as you as as is believable to these characters. And it, the story is—I think the other thing that I love about the show, Formula— Two is not every episode is expected to deal with plot yeah. of the larger picture. There are so many. The beach episode, for example, mm-hmm. with Zuko as Az- Azula and the other two, the, or Mei and uh, Tylee. Yeah, Tylee, thank you. Um, they're allowed to just be and live, and you're allowed to just see these characters exist. No, d- which is something not a lot of shows will allow that kind of breathing room to happen
1: yeah it they they actually humanize i mean they do the the antagonists that's something that you rarely see in animation especially children's or you know again i i I say that i don't mean that as like a bad thing i'm just saying something that you know anytime you always gotta you know we'll if we're marketing here if we're doing the business side of it we gotta have a target audience (laughs) here people yeah yeah so you know something that is marketed I'm, I'm doing air quotes i know you can't see that because this is audio but i'm you just got to picture me doing that uh, um something that's marketed as more for children you know the fact that you're humanizing um your your antagonists is is great is i think it, it builds for more complex and better storytelling and, and the beach is a great episode
0: I also think that the humanization if we're gonna start digging into Zuko which I want to do yeah let's do it um, let's, yeah let's do it let's, let's dive down that spiral I think that is a tricky balance to achieve mm-hmm. but they hit they got the lightning in a bottle yeah. which is very 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 tricky to do with that because if you do that formula wrong you'll make your audience hate hate the show as a result of getting that wrong yeah because if, if It'll it'll feel definitely, like the creators yeah. are siding with evil.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, and the proverbial. Evil. And also, too, you run that risk of making the character one dimensional. Um, because as far as we know, you know, in the beginning when we see Zuko, you know, we know he we know he's just obsessed with getting the Avatar, with getting Aang, with capturing
0: him, and by proxy regaining his honor.
1: Yeah, and we're not quite ever sure why. Now, imagine if if you did that, and if you just kind of kept it as that, if you didn't, you know, I, I feel like he would not become the 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 well liked character that he does because um, I, I do think a lot of people enjoy his character maybe even more than Angs uh, do um, and that's I
0: feel I felt that I connected with Zuko yeah. more because I'm not as level headed nobody I don't think anybody is as level headed as Ang is which is partly why he's such an inspiring
1: character. yeah yeah exactly and that's and that's usually with static characters they tend to be more ideologically driven or they kind of represent you know, something like Superman is one of the biggest static characters of all time. He's very, someone like that is very hard to, you know, Captain America, another one who is, you know, Captain America is always Captain America. If you think about it, who he is as a person, Um, he doesn't change dynamically like Iron Man does. And that's the same thing like... You know, Superman to Batman. Superman's the static character, Batman's the dynamic character. Dynamic yeah. characters tend to be more relatable because they're more, they, they feel more human because we can relate to, oh, I've done, I did this wrong, I did that wrong. And that's not to say Aang doesn't make mistakes at all. He certainly does make tons oh, of mistakes. Oh, he certainly does. Um, but yes. But
0: he's the, of any of the other characters in the series, he is very consistently mm-hmm. cool headed.
1: Yes. You know, he, he hold, and it holds true to his, his, like you said, his pacifist roots all the way down to the final battle you know yeah everyone's he's trying to find a way to not end this in violence you know to that's, end this that's war.
0: what I think I was getting at with the finale was his dealing with Ozai is incredibly inspiring because I've seen a thousand other times that would end with, Oh, I just going to kill him. Mm -hmm. And they take a completely contrarian approach to that and say, the person who deserves most to be struck down in this entire storyline and world, we're going to take the moral stance that we should not stoop to that level with our protagonist. We are going to have his moral compass create the conflict that is going to keep him from doing what everyone else in this entire world is telling him to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, and even even his friends, or even, I think even Zuko, says to him. You know, you're just gonna have to take his life. Even Katara,
0: Katara and Sokka, whom you think might understand why he would say he doesn't want to do this, Mm -hmm. are also telling him that he should just do it. Yeah, because it's what's best for this world, and he can't allow himself to do it. His better nature will not let him go there.
1: Even, even his own in that in that episode in the series finale, when he contacts uh, contacts the past avatars, even they kind of don't. Even they kind of come to the conclusion, yeah, you're just gonna. do whatever it takes it it, yeah. it literally comes down to his decision
0: I, uh, that's also fascinating because anytime that he has conversations with the past avatars i look at it as self-conflict
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's it's such a visual way of portraying that yeah
0: because it, he's dealing with his own past lives and i've always found the, those conversations to be very fascinating because in, an, in its base principles it's a conversation with himself
1: yeah no exactly it it uh, that there, there there goes my
0: i pictured like a jerry stiller i lost my train
1: of thought (laughs) i lost my train of thought (laughs) no it definitely yeah it's one of those things that you look at it and you want to say well it's it's a kid's show so we can't really kill anyone we can't have that that violence but you know what i think that it, it it goes with the character it works it creates the conflict having seen it now years out after the finale aired I think it really does play well and it's it's once again the that question of how many shows like this fantasy anything you know this genre this type of story do you know where the, the, there's a final battle and it always ends with one killing the other or the uh, the yeah. one the main villain dying under their own you know self
0: so often it's about vanquishing evil yeah but, it, but we're in a world where evil is very hard to discern yeah
1: and, even, and again everyone is telling him that just the fire lord just seems pure evil evil and in some respects even ang laments a little bit in that episode where he says you know i agree the fire lord is a bad guy and the world would probably be a better off without him
0: yeah he even openly admits that yeah. i love that because um, it shows that he's not blind yeah. to certain realities
1: but again he doesn't believe in this idea i can't just go around wiping out people i don't like yeah and yeah it to have it end even though there is that battle um but to have it end in a way where he finds a different route, a different way around it rather than violence. I think that's, re- like you said, I, it, as we're talking here about it now, I think that is really interesting to the show, to what, you know, the themes it's trying to, to go about. Um, he ne- Even though he, you know, he uses martial arts as a defense, he never uses it as of. A form of aggression
0: his main goal is the protection of this world
1: yeah and, and and the people in it yeah and the restoring of balance to it
0: if if he goes around offing people who are th- even threatening that that's just a different form of the same thing yeah and
1: i think if you break it down him as the static character he needs the world is what and the characters around him are the things that change more in a in a static, character-driven story, um, he enters a world that is, in one word, violent. It's it's a violent, it's a violence-driven world. To end it. In violence, I think it goes against what's going on in the show and him in his final test as a character. So the fact that he ends it in a more peaceful way restores the balance to that the the scales, if you will. If he were you know the the, the scale the one side is tipped in favor of violence, if he ends it with killing Ozai, I, that doesn't bring the scales back into balance. I think, and that's no, what that's what the a, whole show we go goes around. Yeah. You know, and that we were talking about Zuko and yeah, with his idea of a character, if as we first meet him his motivation is is all all in the opening pilot episode. You know, we understand who he is, what he wants, um but not quite why he's the way he is. And like I said, humanizing your your antagonist, especially because he's going to become the lancer to your five-man band. Yeah. That's a big thing is we got to we got to make them any one of these characters, you know, has their moment to shine, Ang Zuko Saka toff Katara, you know, they have their their moments where they are essentially the leader of the episode, depending on which one, you know. Uh, uh, Katara, I always think of the Puppet Master, the bloodbending episode, which I think is great. Once again, another... That,
0: that episode is fascinating. Yeah. And I had I had the thought very early on in the first season, I'm like, well, if you can bend water. Yeah. And people are 70% water. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's another thing going back to the world building of letting it flow naturally, doing a couple things really well, focusing on that and the extensions of it rather than trying to get everything in there. Oh. I, I would Obviously, I don't think, I, I, they couldn't have when we looked at the original pitch. It was, they were, he was drawing a guy, a bald man-child, herding bison and the other DiMartino's watching a documentary about explorers trapped at the South Pole. All they knew is there's a guy, there's an air guy along with water people trapped in a snowy wasteland with fire people pressing down on them. I would be shocked if bloodbending was even going through their mind at that moment. Yeah. I don't think it was. And that's the idea of letting this, sort of come naturally and develop because there's sometimes when people create things and I think comic books do this a lot just because which I, is understandable because they have to constantly churn out new stories new new iterations of old characters there's some yeah. things that they come they sort of show up at the end it's like wait that doesn't feel like it you know what I mean it feel you ever feel like watch a movie or a story and something it takes you out of it because it feels like the writer just adding something in to
0: yeah and it doesn't feel natural
1: yeah Whereas I honestly, almost everything other than there might be a few things in this that I would say you could argue feels like it comes out of left field.
0: The other thing uh, about the the bloodbending episode was was a great example of as we were talking before that moral pendulum, mm-hmm. where she was seeking vengeance for what the Fire Nation had done to the Water Tribes, yeah, but she's only bringing more violence. Into the situation, yeah, and causing the pendulum to once again have to swing in another direction and back and forth and back and forth we go. Whereas Aang deviates from that, mm-hmm. especially in his final decision, yeah, and final episode, yeah.
1: It's like you said, it really is like that pacifist. It's a pacifist stuck in a
0: violent world. And how does a pacifist? How does how, how does one kid with a great demeanor? Yeah. stop so much hatred and so much animosity on two two sides. Yeah, without using. Th- it's heartwarming to think that that's possible. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, it really is. No, it really is. I think it does appeal to uh, a better nature in people. And I think that's what it I think that is one of the things that makes the show so enduring is it like you said, it's not afraid to shy away from the topics and, you know, keeps it, you know, obviously, we're not constantly obviously, when I said it explores genocide, we obviously don't really see the the Fire Nation completely wipe out an entire culture of the airbenders. I mean, there's but a... it is very heavily alluded to. Yes, heavily <laughs> alluded to. I mean, we do see there is the one, like you said, you mentioned in the Air Temple, episode three. We get nuggets of yeah. it.
0: And I would I would argue that Zuko is the best on-screen example of what we see that they've done to other people. Yeah. Which is interesting because it's within their own walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It shows, it, it. the one concrete example that we're really given and that we see in full form could not be closer to home for what Ozai has caused in this world. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No. No, and it, and it, again, it's been it's 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 a conflict that's gone on for a century. You know, it's a hundred years of, of war. I mean, that's just like man. Can you imagine that? It's an entire generation knowing nothing but. And it, again, it sets up the challenge for Ang. And that I, I keep going back to keep derailing from uh, uh, Zuko's story of how
0: we're kind of all over.
1: Yeah, knowing. But it. one of the episodes I was talking about, one of the episodes where a lot of people. Mark as a point where the where the story really kicks off or really starts to get good for them and I know this was one for me too as well. Is season one, episode twelve, The Storm. Um Mm. and it's a it's a it's essentially just uh it's like a camp, it literally is. It's literally there. It's a it's a campfire story, it's it's character driven. You just mentioned it. It you could arguably say, in terms of plot, you don't need this story really at all. It doesn't There's a
0: couple of different episodes like that that if you take them out, don't really alter the plot, but you would lose so much character development. Yeah, you
1: you would you could easily call them filler if you wanted to
0: but that would um, that would almost be a disservice to what they do for the show yeah
1: no it, it would um because in this episode spoilers <laughs> <laughs> spoilers with cheese ladies and gentlemen extra fries on the side um i don't know what i was doing there i just
0: i'm just, <laughs> I'm just I blacked out i'm just... I blacked out <laughs> dad? dad
1: dad dad um dad <laughs> So, yeah, but it's, it's a pivotal episode because it sort of paints the picture of Aang and Zuko and their deeper motivations and, and their inner struggles. Aang, I think in, in one of the premiere episodes, uh, Katara asks him why didn't he doesn't tell anyone that he's the avatar when he's first found.
0: Yeah, he's harboring shame yeah. over having left. Yeah, right? he's
1: harboring a lot. Yeah, shame. Definitely one of them. Um, But it. when Katari asks why didn't you tell us you were the Avatar Hang answers I I never wanted to be you know and I think that's that's interesting someone who doesn't want to lead but has to and then in Zuko
0: I think some of the best examples of pacifist protagonists are people who don't want the pulpit of what they've been handed or what they are responsible for taking care of
1: there's always that thing and Orson Scott Card mentions this a lot when developing characters is knowing when to have someone who volunteers or some who has to be pulled in the story more you know if it's it's also it's it's in in terms of getting the audience to like a character more and 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 again there's always exceptions to this there's something that there's always drafted or volunteered that's there there it is that's I think that's the term he uses when you have a character that needs to be in a situation how do I explain this I need the book in front of me I don't have the book but essentially Aang has to be drafted into it given that you know if if he volunteered to be the avatar rather than being sort of forced into it there's that idea that okay maybe he's just someone who's after power you know and
0: i think it's mentioned at some i think Iroh is actually the one who's quoted as saying some point in the show when it's brought up that he should take out the fire lord he said then i would just history would see me as just another man jockeying for power yeah. or something to that extent
1: yeah no exactly but yeah that's and that's something we can get into another time but yeah there's that there's a notion of knowing when your main character or one of your main characters are they do they do they have to volunteer to do this, or do they have to be drafted for it? An example of a, of a volunteer is, you know, we mentioned Lord of the Rings. Frodo is a volunteer, yes. and that's one of the reasons that we're able to empathize with them a little bit more. And pretty much everyone in the Fellowship is a volunteer. There's no, there's no glory really to be had here. You have to go essentially into hell. And good chance you're not coming back. So that's where we get the volunteer thing. And then in Aang, he has to be drafted a little bit because, you know, he doesn't want the
0: power. I would actually take a, a contrary statement to that. Okay. I would say that Sam is a volunteer, but only because he feels he needs to be there. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I would, yeah, okay, I would agree with that. Yeah. He, he he is a volunteer, but not in the same sense yeah, no, he's, as the other, th- the other three from the show. Yeah, no,
1: I I, yeah, he's definitely going. For, he has his, uh, I would say, different motivation for going. Yes. But yes.
0: Sorry, I don't mean to sidetrack there, but I just I do think that that was yes. worth mentioning. No, no,
1: no, but yes. I mean, uh, essentially, if Sam didn't go, obviously he'd be out of the story. But then we would he would not be as great a character as he is. Um, yeah, and ultimately, and also,
0: Frodo ultimately w- would never have completed. Oh yeah, and ultimately them. the
1: quest would fail then. Um, in that instance. Uh, but yeah, it's again that was just to sort of show you know knowing the situation of the characters and how to create that empathy and how
0: one yeah it's it's definitely not a rule
1: yeah definitely not a rule but sometimes you know that's something you got to be careful with because but with Aang you know you have someone who doesn't want to lead in this episode of the storm we figure out that he ran away because he, he just didn't want to deal with these responsibilities that were about to just be thrown on him just out of nowhere just the snap of a finger hey you're the avatar we got trouble brewing you have to deal with it you alone. That's it's your job. I, I mean, what do, you, what do you, especially for someone who's twelve? I think.
0: Yeah. You know, anyone. Absolutely, absolutely, a crazy amount of responsibility for a twelve-year-old yeah. kid.
1: And and the, the entire episode of the storm is it's simply just a flashback episode. But again, it, it's it's there to humanize these the major characters. And then in Zuko, here's someone who probably wants to lead too much. At least at this point in time, you know, he he wants the, his throne because he's lost it and this essentially tells the flashback of you know who he is his duel with his father and how he was exiled you know based on the the really strict customs of the fire nation at the time
0: he, he was his entire life was thrown asunder basically because he made an out of turn comment
1: <laughs> yeah um and, and 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 the the speaking out of turn came out of actual concern i mean he's even uh, even iroh admits zuko was right but he broke a rule and it's like oh we can't we can't have that
0: yeah and it's another example of how the Fire Nation, and Ozai specifically, but the Fire Nation as its current incarnation is, is simply trying to impose its will upon this world. Yeah, yeah they've... And it's, it, it, there's a large, ex, to a large extent, a lot of the conflict is derived from different characters trying to impose their will on one another. Yeah. Uh, un, un Unsolicited.
1: Yeah, no. um, And yeah, I think going back to this episode the the storm it just again in terms of plot it doesn't move the overall ongoing main spine of the story forward it, rather it takes but a if second you take it out yeah if you take it, it out it, the whole thing suffers the whole tapestry starts to become unwoven
0: it shows how character and plot are equally important Mm -hmm. to the show which is is if is a once again a fascinating level of balance because it's typically guided more towards one or the other yeah
1: no definitely and yeah i just think it's you know again just kind of a testament to the show and there's tons of other episodes like the guru is one of my favorite episodes
0: the guru guru is fantastic you know
1: and again most of it's just ang understanding his character understanding his own internal struggles and how to overcome them and how to deal with them. I mean, there's really... It's a lot of setup, but, but you know... And then, of course, Crossroads of Destiny after that, I still think might be one of my all-time favorite episodes. Okay. Just because I did not see them doing what they did. I was like, whoa, okay. Okay yeah so yeah i definitely think that you know if you haven't seen this show this is definitely something worth looking into um and now you know it's one of
0: those rare gems that i think everybody can get something out of yeah that's not often that i say that about a show but this one is one i genuinely think anybody watching it can get something out of
1: it and yeah if it's still on netflix and also too uh the its successor series legend of Korra, which is that's just as fabulous but that's definitely something that takes what this started and keeps it going expands upon the world different notions different ideas Uh, one thing i will caution if you do make sure you get the animated show because the movie is on netflix as well (laughs) and don't big
0: mistake don't watch it
1: yeah I mean, I would say if you watch the animated show first and then watch it, because if you watch the movie first, you're probably not going to want to watch, even if you make it through the movie, <laughs> the 2010 movie, you're probably not, you know. I've been
0: adequately warned to not even try.
1: Oh, man, it man, it's so, oh man, I just don't know.
0: I This show is, this show is too perfect. I will not taint my image of
1: it. I'm I'm just not sure what they were even thinking or what was going on when they did that. And it, and it's not to say that the show doesn't have some missteps too. There are some things that are kind of set up but never paid off. You know, it does. I think the biggest one that everyone talks about is a uh, Zuko's mother.
0: Zuko's mother is a big one. They also I've I've caught that there is a subtle nod to that in Korra, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, there is. Yeah, it's there is a subtle nod to it, and I think that all stems from again it all goes back to the movie i think there's been talk that there never will be but i think there was supposed to be a fourth season um that was going to do a yeah, lot it's more. way too
0: late in the game now yeah. the actors are all in yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, there was so. definitely
1: going to be a fourth season where they were even going to explore like azula's character and a redemption arc for her um which i think is
0: really now see i would have loved to have seen if they could have made that work yeah because i feel like a double whammy on that after zuko is which is what, what i think swallow. is
1: interesting too i would have liked to have seen if that could have worked too because they kind of hint at her in in again in the beach episode it's it's very subtle and then it plays out more in the finale her you know well there's
0: there's a lot of her brushing up against the fact that she has a brazen personality Mm -hmm. and it doesn't quite go over well with everybody yeah (laughs) and it's there there was a seed of of there could be something there
1: yeah and you start to see her unravel mentally and by the, by the time Katara beats her she's essentially on the floor crying sobbing that's the first time we ever seen compared her to when we first see her in control
0: well in the same way we see Zuko earlier on in the series deal with failure and it's in a completely different way mm-hmm. she completely shatters yeah. psychologically yeah, 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 whereas yeah. Zuko falls inward on himself and it just it hardens him whenever he has a failure yeah. and he actually I think he mentions it several times in the series he says it outright he's, he's everything things always come easy to azula whereas i've had to fight for everything i've ever yeah,
1: had Yeah, no yeah exactly
0: and i and i think one of the great themes of the show is that our scars don't really end up defining us it's how we transcend that pain and transcend all that hardship mm-hmm. and that's that's what's really important yeah. it's, it's, your, your pain doesn't define you it's it's how you how you deal with the world and how you deal with hard situations mm-hmm. that yeah no. defines you
1: agree yeah can't say enough this show is operating on so many levels uh, especially philosophically for, for,
0: for again what's a, what's defined as a kid's show not yeah. something not that, that like you said not that that's a bad thing it's just not something you expect <laughs> not, that there's, not that that's a bad thing yeah. No. not that there's it's anything wrong with wrong that, with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah it's just it's not something that you would expect from a show from Nickelodeon and it's, it, it operates on such an emotional and intellectual depth and I think that there's a lot to get out of it and I think it's it's one that should be on everyone's radar yeah uh, it,
1: Definitely. If if you have not seen the show, I I highly recommend it. I'm biased, but I high, highly highly recommend
0: it. Definitely put me in a more positive. Yes. Do yourself by. a favor.
1: Much. Give this give this a go, and then enjoy. And then you can enjoy Cora after as well. Which another yeah. another good. Which I think even goes even more complex than this one does. But that's a story for another day.
0: And further down the road, if you're interested, I, I do know that the creators have all branched out. There's uh, Dragon Prince, which the yep. uh, Giancarlo. Has all, has been workshopping for a few years now. Dave Filoni has moved over to Star Wars. He's now done a couple of different shows with them, mm-hmm. and uh, he he's actually one of the lead creating uh, minds behind the Mandalorian. So,
1: yeah, which oh another another great show.
0: I want to get into a technical episode at some point. Yes, and and talk about their volume stage, which we as we discussed in our Kubrick episode, mm-hmm. they they've kind of taken the next step in that's that's that rear projection arena and are doing it on such a crazy ridiculous technological scale it's mind-bending
1: yeah no i i when i watched some of the behind the scenes i was floored with like wait what that's how they did that i didn't even realize it well it's definitely got to be the future there well no yeah and again it's that i know it's more just the background but it's that animation that coming through. I think you might see an even bigger push for animation. I don't know. That's that's my guess right now. My my prediction. Yeah.
0: Well, also uh, in in their their gallery series that they have on Disney Plus, Dave Filoni says this was the most natural way for me to progress because he's he's done things like Avatar and mm-hmm. uh, Rebels and stuff. He's he's pretty primarily dealt with animation yeah. production up to this point. He's like this is the the only natural way I could move forward into doing live action because I, I I've never. done dipped a toe into that world, and I don't, underst- I don't understand how to work in that arena. Yeah, yeah. like, this, this, this was very comfortable for me.
1: Yeah, and it's always weird, too. I know with Netflix, they're now pursuing a live-action update of Airbender.
0: And I find that fascinating.
1: Yeah, I'm. it's always weird because, you know, when you see something in its original form, you know, that's what you're accustomed to. So it's like, could this have been...
0: Especially for something born from animation where it has the flexibility and range to do things performance wise in an anime style animation that i don't know will transcend into live action in any kind of especially given that the the, the it's already been tried live action in one form and hasn't been yeah. supremely positively received yeah no definitely so um it's going to have it's going to have to be pretty exceptionally executed yeah
1: it's one of those things that how it, it's tricky translating from animation to live action and live action animation so I, you know th- th- you're dealing with two different two different mediums but exactly yeah there are some things that just work well in the medium that they're made for and translating them over can be tough
0: that's not to say it can't be done it's just it makes it a pretty yeah high task to achieve yeah no definitely all righty so last airbender i can't Sing this show's praises enough. Yeah. I plan on watching this show many, many, many more times and enjoying it. There's a lot of... There, I haven't even begin to, begun to dig into them yet, but the the Blu-ray set has a bunch of great bonus features on it. I, I, if, if you do like the series, I, I highly encourage checking it out. If you can get it from a library or somewhere, there's a lot of... Um, animation analysis breakdowns where they go through the original table read stuff and yeah they'll go through pre-shot scenes that didn't go through final animation and a bunch of ideas that were thrown out that didn't quite stick to the wall so there's a lot of cool stuff in there i I recommend it
1: yeah Um, absolutely
0: so yeah uh, definitely a great show check it out um it'll warm your soul it warmed mine do
1: yourself a favor Give it, give it a go.
0: Do yourself a big favor, and uh, when you're done with that, the the joy is not over because I know Cora is making its way to streaming here soon yes. as well. So we'll we'll catch you all next time. Uh, thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>